Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the NBA and NHL regular seasons are a quarter of the way through. Who's hot and who's not? Big Ben calling it quits in Pittsburgh. More coaching moves in college football. Who went where? The Heisman finalists have been announced. Who will join college football's greatest fraternity? The Cowboys come up inches short. The Fire Brigade recaps last week's conference championship games. We have our final four teams in the college football playoff. Did the committee get it right? With that, I give you our chief of our Fire Brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be back here on a Thursday night in the studio. Uh, like Colton said, we're going to get into some professional sports a little bit more than what we have. We've spent a lot of time, it seems, on uh, NCAA football. But tonight we're going to get into some NBA and some NHL talk. So uh, let's get right into it. Um, the NBA, um, what do you guys think? I mean, I kind of looked, went through the rundown. I'll be honest, I've, I've only watched a handful of games. One of them being the one that Colton and I uh, attended in person, the Mavericks and the Bulls in Chicago. Um, but, uh, you know, going down through there, the thing I'm noticing with the records is there's really not a team that's running away uh, from everybody else, especially in the East. Um, give me your, your thoughts on the NBA quarter season so far, Matt. Yeah, so uh, kind of broke this down, uh, biggest surprise, biggest uh, disappointment, MVP, and a uh, possible champion. So for me, the biggest surprise, I, I got to say the Chicago Bulls. They have the fifth, fifth best record overall in the NBA right now, second best in the East at 17-9. and nine. They didn't make the playoffs for the last two years. You know, they've got uh, four players scoring in double digits per game. They have nine players shooting 45% or better. They're just playing great team ball. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's great to see Chicago get uh, get some wins back in town. Right, and brought, brought in like a whole, almost a whole new team this yeah. year, you yeah. know, from the offseason. You yeah, know, Levine Ron, was about the only standard. Right, right, the yeah. only kind of key piece that was that that's still around from, you know, Bulls teams of, of the last couple of years here. So, yeah, it, it's it's interesting that and, – and it's interesting that all that chemistry has kind of gelled right away or, you know, right. that they've had success early on. Um, it'll also be interesting. Um, they're, they're dealing with the COVID bug right now. No, they, I read they, that. They got like five players right now in the, in the you know, health and safety protocols, which, you know, they, they were already down a couple of players, you know, with injuries and just, you know, things like that. And now you add, you know, this COVID stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they kind of manage it, yeah, you know, the next, you know, next way. several, you know, weeks um, dealing with the players in there. But yeah, mm -hmm. they definitely, definitely a big, a big surprise, you know, um, out there. But, you know, for me, my biggest, biggest surprise, and I, I mean, it may, it may not be a super big surprise based on their, their current record, but for me, it's, it's the Phoenix Suns. Um, they're, they're sitting at, at 20 and, and four and they're, you know, second in their division and, and second best record in the NBA. And, you know, why, why I guess I say, you know, they're, they're my biggest surprise is that, you know, they, they, they were the runner up, you know, last year, you know, in the NBA finals came up just short against the Bucks last year in the finals. And, um, I, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people were, you know, saying, or, you know, thinking that, man, is this Suns team really for real? Or, you know, was it just kind of a, a fluke year, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, for me, they're, they're coming out and they're showing that, you know, it wasn't, you know, they're still having a lot, a lot of success. Um, mm -hmm. You know, at, at one point during the season so far, they won 18 games in a row. Um, and, and, and so having a lot, you know, a lot of success and, and, and continuing mm -hmm. that success that they had. And it's, it, it's tough, you know, not only to repeat as NBA champions, but the team that even finished second, you know, finished second. Relevant it, it, it's tough mm -hmm. for them to, to, to come back the next year and, and really turn it around and, right. you know, or keep kind of the, the momentum going, I guess. So for me, I, I think that's my, my most surprising team. Yeah, we all must have been on the same wavelength because I got Chicago, you know, you got the three Bs leading Brooklyn Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks leading the east right now but right now i got chicago as the beast of the east mm -hmm. um like matt said you know they're 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 playing good team ball you got the two-headed monster in DeRozan, averaging over 26 points and levine just shy of 26 points and then nicola with uh, almost 11 um boards a game mm -hmm. so you know they're, they're really looking like just a real solid team and uh you know and then the team that's leading the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, Chicago's beaten twice already this season. Right. So, so you got to feel good about that. Yeah, right? so you got to like your chances. I mean, they're not just beating up on the weak teams in the league. They're beating good teams as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and you know, kind of a surprise for me is the Cleveland Cavaliers sitting at 14 and 12. Mm -hmm. You know, that they're in that seventh spot right now, which I know way too early to start predicting, to, to, for me anyway, to start predicting, you know, my playoff roster. But 
um, you know, the way they're going to do it with that play-in tournament like they have the last couple years, the 7 through 10, you know, they play for the last two spots. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel good about the way the Cavs are they're looking. All right. And then, uh, like Colton said, flipping over to the West, the best in the beast in the East and the best in the West, I like the Suns too, even though they're sitting in second place behind behind Golden State. Um, they've actually split with Golden State, but the the games were only like three. They were like three days apart. Mm-hmm. They yeah. played on the thirtieth of November, mm-hmm. and then turned around and played them again yeah. on the third. The the difference being um, uh, the Suns had a game in between there, mm. and Golden State did not okay. they won their 18th game that streak that they went on yeah was in between that that two game split with with golden state so you know and you got devin booker 23 points deandre eight and 11 boards and three of those 11 boards are offensive rebounds so you know he's real and you know and cp3 of course leading the team with 10 assists so mm-hmm. I, I i just like the way they look um i think both these teams are part playing better team ball than anybody else out there. And you know, with Brooklyn, the injury bug is going to hit Brooklyn. It does right. every, every year. year. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I just, I, and I hate to see that. And then uh, kind of my, I don't know. Disappoint. What, disappointing what, you know, disappointing team, teams or, you know, to me is the Portland trailblazers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and you know, well, I'll let you guys talk for a minute, but I got my thoughts on that as well. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah no, I think uh, for me, uh, I'm in, you know, flipping it over to the East for my most disappointing team. And for me, it's, it's gotta be the boss, the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Um, they're sitting at, at basically 513 and 13. They're third in their division and 10th and in the East. So just, you know, just inside the playoff, you know, right, you know, right there inside the playoffs. But, you know, th- th- this team went 500 last year, got beaten the first round to the Nets um, in a in a four to you know four to one you know series there. Um, they're 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 three and three in their own division. They're eight and eight against teams in the in the Eastern Conference. They're you know just playing blah, kind of mediocre. They just don't seem to be getting better. Yeah, right? mediocre kind of ball. And, and you know, obviously they got you know a new coach this year, but they got plenty of talent. I mean. Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown on that on that team. I mean, they got some some monsters, some mm-hmm. some guys that can put up some numbers, but they're just not they're not doing anything exceptionally well. They're right. they're just you know doing just enough. They're you know kind of middle tier in every kind of statistical category. And you know when it comes to shooting, they're really not shooting the ball very well either. They're about thirty three percent from the three point line, which is twenty second in the NBA. So they're you know in the bottom half. You know when it comes to three point percentage, so. You know, and, and we know how that how that kind of goes in in today's NBA. You gotta you know shoot the three ball pretty pretty well to have you know a good a good shot to you know be competitive in in today's league. So for me, I think you know the the, the Celtics have the players or you know the team to to turn it around. But right now, it's just you know kind of a, a, a off to a kind of a slow start for them. Yeah, for for me though, the biggest disappointment I have is the New York Knicks. This was a team last year come playoff time. People thought they were back. They were going to yeah. make some noise and they could make a run. Yeah. This year they're 12 and 13. That makes them the fifth worst team in the Eastern Conference. <sighs> I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I thought with Julius Randle and I thought these guys were I getting mean, They brought better. back a lot of their yeah, you know, key players it, it, that they had from last year. It, it seemed like this this was a team stepping in the right direction. And now all of a sudden they're falling off the face of the earth again. I, I don't know what's happened to the Knicks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Again, I, I, I already mentioned my disappointment is Portland Trailblazers. Uh, 11 and 15. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and then, but I can't help but think that Damian Lillard being in the news every day about wanting to make it, he wants to be the highest paid player in the league. <laughs> you know, show me you earn it. You know, right. show me that you deserve it. Get your team above 500. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he puts up big numbers, but to me, if you want to be the highest paid player in the NBA, you got to do more than just, you know, pad your stats. Right. You got to, you got to lead a team, right? You got to, you got, you got to make everybody else around you better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's what gets you, that's what gets you the big money. Right. And I, I think there's also, you know, some distraction there of, you know, there's rumors now of, you know, Portland is playing so bad. It's time to just start, you know, rebuild, you know, trade Damian Lillard, trade CJ McCollum, you know, do, do something, you know, because what you're doing now, it isn't, isn't working. So I think there's just a lot of distractions around, around that, around that team right now that, you know, it's taking away from them being able to fully, I think, focus on, on basketball. So real quick, let me, let me get your guys' thoughts on the Lakers. They're sitting at 13 and 12. Uh, They've not looked good. Yeah. Uh, I think there's some maybe feeling out between, uh, Westbrook and, and LeBron playing together. I, they don't seem like they're gelling uh, 
What do you think I, of the Lakers? I honestly think this forward? is kind of how we predicted it coming into the season. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to be like Brooklyn last year. They needed some time to have all those stars gel together and actually learn how to play together. Right. It, it's really been slow, especially now with these guys being so much older. I think it's going to take even that much longer because they're not playing extended minutes together no, either. And LeBron was and I'm out sure for... they're not practicing that much together. It's So, I mean, it's going to take some time for this team to really gel. Hopefully think, they can get it done come playoff time. You think they will? I, I, I think they will gel. I don't know that they're going to gel enough to be a championship team, though. I, yeah. I, I do think they'll be a mid-tier playoff team. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I think that they're, yeah, still trying to figure out. It looks like, you know, just kind of what I've read or, you know, looked at is that the last couple of games, it finally seems like LeBron and, and, you know, they're trying to figure out that dynamic, and it seems like they may have figured that out of how to best utilize Westbrook while LeBron is also on the court at the same time. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then you obviously you throw Anthony Davis in the mix too, and you got, you know, three superstars that, you know, all have to feed off of, you know, having the ball in their hands. So definitely going to be interesting how they, how they you know, go. And obviously we're only, you know, 25, 26 games into this season. So mm-hmm. got a little ways, little ways to go. But, you know, I, I think that they will, they will get it figured out whether, you know, like Matt said, they, are enough to win a, an NBA title that that I think remains to be to be seen. Okay, very good. All right, on to the NHL then. Uh, you know the guys on the ice there. We've uh, kind of neglected them. I feel a little bit too, but I've watched a few games. Um, and uh, again, it, it just seems like there's a lot of parity here. A couple surprises for me: Florida Panthers playing so well. Mm-hmm. Started the season eight zero. Yeah. Um, but since then, they kind of came back down to earth, went nine and eight since then. Um, but, you know, they are, you know, right there with another team from Florida and the Tampa Bay Lightning leading the Atlantic Division. So mm-hmm. give your guys' thoughts on the NHL season so far. Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, kind of most surprising team for me, I guess, is the uh, another, you know, a team from New York, and that's the Rangers, the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. They're, they're sitting at 17-5-3 and three with 37 points. They're second in their in their division um, and, and tied for fourth best record in the, in the NHL. And this was a team that went uh, about 500 last year, you know, missed the playoffs. And, and now they're, you know, one of the best teams, you know, not only in their division, but, but in hockey in general. And, mm-hmm. and for me, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a defensive guy. So I kind of, you know, looked at some of the stats and, you know, for me, that that's the difference for, for, you know, the New York Rangers this year is, is kind of the emphasis more on the defensive side. You know, they've only, they've allowed uh, 66 goals through the season so far and, and about a, you know, two point two and a half, you know, uh, goal per game, you know, average that they're that they're allowing, which is, you know, good for almost a you know a, a top ten, you know, finish in the in the NHL. So on the defensive side, I, you know, offensively, I think that they got you know they got the firepower, they can you know compete with the, the best teams. But what can they do on the on the defensive side to kind of limit those opportunities? I think that's really what shows up when you get when you come playoff time. time. So we'll see if the, the Rangers can, you know, kind of continue the success throughout the season. But, you know, so far they, they've been a, a big surprise to me. All right, yeah, very for, good. For me, my biggest surprise has got to be the Calgary Flames. A year ago, the Flames were 26, 27, and 3. They had 55 total points on the season, making them fifth in the North Division. Uh, this season they're already 15, 6, and 5 and have 35 points accumulated toward the playoff standings. That puts them at second overall in the West and first in the Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that's really turned it around. It's really been because of their goaltending play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's what, come playoff time, if, if your goaltenders are hot, <laughs> right, you, you right. can make you can make a big run. So Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. Calgary and Anaheim out there in the Pacific are really kind of distancing themselves oh. from everybody else uh, out there. The rest of the division seem like they're pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the most competitive seems to be the Central. Mm-hmm. The St. Louis Blues are leading, you know, leading that division. But uh, and then in the Metro, you got the Capitals, which I'm glad to see them relevant again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and then I guess you know on the on the flip side, then you know what's what's kind of your you know disappointing team, and you know for me, it has to be the the, the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. Um, this was this was a team that you know. Made it to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, you know, got beat by by Tampa Bay in the, in the Stanley Cup. But I mean, they're one of the worst teams in hockey this year. Uh, they're they're six eighteen and three. Oh. They got a total of fifteen points. Um, they're they're tied for last in their division, and they're uh, you know thirtieth in the NHL as wow. far as record goes. You That's know? gonna be a tough turnaround for them to get. Yeah, back. and I think once again, you know, emphasis on the on the defense. Um, you know, they they gave up you know 
They they they've given up ninety six goals, almost a hundred goals through twenty you know twenty Whoa. some games. They're, they're they're first in the NHL in, in the amount of goals they've given up. I mean that's wow, that's unbelievable. You know, almost a hundred goals they've given up in in, in twenty games. Almost and, five goals a game. Yeah, you don't, you don't win games giving up five. Right, and uh, so I think that that the difference for me is that you know this this team was. Uh, you know, pretty good defensive team, and I think that's what really kind of helped compel them, and you know, kind of propel propel them to to the the Stanley Cup last year, and um, this year it's just you know totally different, you know, on the defensive side mm-hmm. for for Montreal. So yeah, I think I don't I don't I don't expect them to, to to turn it around. I mean, they're they're really in the in the digging themselves a hole. They're really going to have to have yeah, you know kind of a exciting you know kind of uh, second half or you know second quarter here to really make a push. But uh, yeah, not not good if you're a Montreal fan. Yeah, the team that's at this point to me so far this year has been the Winnipeg Jets. A year ago, they made the playoffs, and they were threatening to make a little noise in, in the race for the Cup. Uh, this year, though, they're off to a 12-9-4 and start. They're they're sitting somewhere in the middle of the Western Conference, only 28 points. They're just not playing great hockey. They're, they're not playing as, as quick and exciting as they were towards the end of last season. Something, something seems to have really fallen off this year. Yeah. All right, very good. Anything else on the NHL? Um, I don't think so. I think, um, you know. Yeah, you know, MVP, if we're talking, you know, MVP or, you know, whatever, I think uh, kind of the big surprise for me has been uh, the play of, you know, you talked about the Capitals being, you know, relevant Mm -hmm. again and and the play of Alex Ovechkin at, at, you know, um, knocking on the door of almost 40, you know, sitting there (laughs) at at 36 years old and still doing what he's doing. It's pretty, you know, amazing, amazing to me to see the old guy out there, you know, doing what he's doing. So, you know, we'll see how, you know, the rest of the season plays out and, and things like that. But for me, that's kind of a, a an early standout for, for yeah, MVP. And you, and you see, you know, what he's carried that team to so far, you know, the record leading their division right now. So. Yeah, I got I got him right there with Connor McDavid, who uh, in 24 games so far this year, he scored 16 goals, had 27 assists, and he's accumulated 43 points, which is the most in the NHL. So, I mean, I think it'll be a fun race for the MVP. Right, And right. Uh, I think it'll be a fun race for the championship because, you know, they're, they're, nobody is really pulling away in hockey right now either. Yeah. These teams yeah. are all kind of bunched up. So, I think well, it's going to be seems, You know what it seems that's the way college football was this year, too. Other than Georgia, it seems dominated. like how sports has gone. Yeah, so there seems to be a lot of parity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, on to more professional sports. Talk a little bit of NFL, specifically Big Ben. Um, it's been in the news all week, um, but it's not coming from Big Ben. No, not, not so, directly. Just just sources. Uh, just sources say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I guess in his defense, you know, he's not – He's made the statement, you know, I take each game one at a time, each season one at a time. I'm not even going to just, you know, address it. I don't want to just, you know, because they're still they're still trying to make a playoff push. So, mm-hmm. you know, Big Ben's 39 years old, came in the league in 2004. And that in that quarterback class also was Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers that year. So who are both retired from right, the right. NFL as well. So Ben's got two Super Bowl rings. Um, you know, their Steelers are sitting at six, five and one. So. Yeah, give me your thoughts. You think Ben Ben's all done? Yeah, I think uh, you know, like 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 Dad said, you know, we're, we're we're talking about Big Ben. You know, this is this all rumors or hearsay, but you know, sources close to him is has said that he's told you know some former teammates, some other people inside the Pittsburgh you know organization that this is his final year in Pittsburgh. You know, we have to clarify because mm-hmm. he hasn't said that it's his final year. Period. And I mean, but, that's, that's kind of how Brady was talking too, right? Like, but I, I, I think that this situation is a little bit, a little, a little bit different, different than maybe, maybe Brady's. I, I think Big Ben has, has maybe used up all of his, his good, good seasons. I mean, he's doing just enough to help, you know, maybe make a playoff push for, for Pittsburgh this year. But he still, he just doesn't have it like he, you know, like he used to. It's just not, not the same Big Ben that we're used to seeing out there. And I mean, he's had several injuries over the last, you know, couple of seasons here and just, mm-hmm. you know, some pretty significant injuries too. Right. And I, I think, you know, he's obviously getting, you know, never getting any younger. But uh, I, I think for me, the, the interesting question is if, if he does, you know, choose to, you know, this is it, I'm done, you know, not going to come back to Pittsburgh, you know, done playing in the NFL. What what does Pittsburgh do going forward? You know, what, what you yeah. know, what, what's their QB situation look like? We, we've seen, you know, lots of Mason, Mason Rudolph. Right. And play in there, and, and like Brian and, Haskins in the offseason. Yeah, and, and Rudolph has not been been good. I mean, he hasn't showed enough to say like this is the guy. This right. is who we're gonna yeah. go with. Um, I mean, he's gone in there and played, you know, some decent, you know, had some flashes, but nothing to say this is our franchise QB. No, uh, not by a long time. And, and you know, you mentioned it with Haskins. I mean, you bring in the guy, you know, 
you got to at least try to maybe give him a shot right. to see what what you got in him. If, if he's not, you know, you put him in there for a few games or, you know, whatever, and he's not it, you're not out anything. Right. You know, they, they, they signed him a very, you know, Low amount of money. They're they're not you know they're not invested entirely. But you gotta. I but think you need least, to find out soon in case you gotta go out shopping. Right. And, or, and so I think that's that's where Pittsburgh's kind of in a you know a very hard situation because you know like we said they're they're making a playoff push. So like you want to keep Big Ben in there because you know he's obviously the person you trust the most to lead you to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But at, at what point do you say? It's time to turn it over. Let's see, you know, what we got with our current, you know, other QBs that are well, on. Well, I think off. it's going to depend on, you know, how this playoff push goes. And, and, and that's I, the tough thing is that nobody's really right. separating. So, like, I mean, right. you could go the yeah, whole I mean, season. The Browns and, don't seem to want it. Right. The Ravens don't seem to want it. It's <laughs> right. Just, and, and Pittsburgh just beat the Ravens right. to, to right. you know, help. Their yeah, they chances. skated by twenty to nineteen. Like, well, and I, I kind of got a little bit. Yeah, they, they got five games left. Like I said, they're sitting at six, five, and one. But man, they got some tough games. They mm-hmm. got. The Vikings, who are five and seven, the Titans at eight and four, mm. Kansas City at eight and four, yeah. the Browns at six and six, and then the Ravens again at wow. eight and four. Yeah, that so is a tough five. A game tough stretch. schedule going, you know, going out the gate. So, right. uh, you know, we'll see. You know, and I think if they falter, you know, and then I think you will see Haskins come in because Rudolph's not the answer, obviously. And you know, I think you owe it to your team to see if Haskins is going to be the guy. Because if not, then, you know, you, you got to obviously yeah. prioritize QB and in, in right. this in year's draft, draft or, or the, you know, go after a free agent right. QB or, you know, whatever. So it, it's definitely, you know, something that it, it, it can't be taken lightly. Um, you know, they, they got to find they got they got a lot of, you know, questions and, and, and not a lot of, you know, ways to answer those questions um, just based on how the season's playing out. But, you know, it, I think it will become a little bit clearer here in the next couple of weeks, those, those five games that mm-hmm. they have. I mean, it's. That's a tough stretch. So yeah, I think yeah. it will, you know, the next couple games could be, you know, determining uh, is Pittsburgh, you know, legit. Are they, you know, really going to be a, a playoff team or is it, you know, time to hang it up and, and start preparing for, for next year? So, so. You know, the, the biggest problem in trying to see who your successor at quarterback is going to be is they're going to have the same problem Big Ben's going to have. And it's they don't have a great offensive line. Yeah, you're and right. I, I mean, that's a big reason he's he's going to hang it up. I think if they had the lines they had in the past mm-hmm. where he could sit back there, he could throw, he could do the things he needed to do. I think he'd probably play a few more years, but right. he, he sees they're not building that line in front of him and he doesn't want to get, you know, end his career and not being able to move. So and at the same time, Pittsburgh's got to take advantage of, of kind of the offensive side of the ball that they have. Um, you know, I was reading something. They are statistically on average, the youngest offensive unit in the league right now. Mm-hmm. They, they have, Rookies that are at center, at left tackle, at running back, and at tight end. So I mean, they got a lot of rookies that are playing significant minutes now, mm-hmm. and and overall, their their offensive unit is one of the youngest in the league. So you know, they gotta they gotta take advantage of that while they have you know kind right. of this. There youth, might be some building blocks. You know, this there. youth movement here for for yeah. Pittsburgh, and obviously, quarterback is a very important position on the on that side of the ball because you know if you don't have a QB, I, I don't think that your team can. Can, can excel with just a, a, a mediocre kind of kind of QB there. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> All right. Very good. Um, well, we got to take a quick pause here for a commercial break, and we'll be back at you here in about 45 seconds. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. And we're back live in the studio. Uh, I think we're done with professional sports. Let's move on to, we still got a lot of stuff to cover in NCAA football. So um, let's start out with some more coaching news. We kind of went over to the coaching carousel last week, but there's been some more movement uh, since last week's show. So we'll start out with um, Notre Dame picking, you know, the replacement for Brian Kelly and their, uh, their coordinator, Marcus Freeman. Tell me what you guys think of that pick. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Matt, Matt kind of nailed this, you know, uh, last week that this was, you know, kind of the front runner or who was going to, you know, take over. And, you know, the, the news kind of broke shortly after our show that that was who's going to, you know, last week's show um, that, that that was who's going to take over. But good job, Matt. You know, yeah, um, I, I think, you know, this is this is a good a good hire, you know, for, for Notre Dame to kind of continue, I guess, a little bit of the, the Brian Kelly, I guess, you know, era, even though. Marcus Freeman only been there for one season. You know, this is his first season at, at Notre Dame, but you know, I think he seems to be a, a kind of guy that that's like a players players type of coach. He really connects with with his guys. The guys seem to really really like him. He's um, only thirty five years old. Yeah, super super young guy that you know bring in kind of you know some some new energy, some new youth, and 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 so it, it'll be interesting to see how you know Notre Dame you know kind of kind of manages this uh, because. In the past, they they've hired several uh, coordinators in in the past. You know that were coordinators at mm-hmm. Notre Dame, mm-hmm. um, and, and it hasn't worked out so well for them. Um, you know, it, no, most notably for me was was the Charlie Weiss you know kind of experiment. Yep. Um, you know, he was was the offensive coordinator there for you know several years, and then they decided to promote him to to head coach and. It, it, it was successful for a little while, but not, you know, not the ultimate success that Notre Dame was, was help, you know, hoping for. So mm-hmm. we'll see if, you know, uh, Freeman can, can help, um, you know, help out, you know, kind of help Notre Dame keep, keep kind of continuing their, their dominance that they've had, you know, the last couple, couple seasons here, um, you know, obviously a defensive minded coach and, you know, first season there in Notre Dame, he, he you know, had that defense really, really playing well. Right. So yeah. we'll see what he does, you know, and, and kept, the offensive coordinator there as well, you know, Tommy Reese is going to come back for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of continuity, I guess, you know, in the Notre Dame program. So that'll be nice that he doesn't have to have kind of a full turnover of, of, of staff to, mm-hmm. you know, keep, keep things going. Yeah. So. I kind of, I kind of wrote that down. Like it should be a smooth transition. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep your, you keep him in the mix, you keep your offensive coordinator. So I think that helps you keep recruits a lot of times too, and mm-hmm. just, makes for an easy transition right and maybe not lose some of the guys that are already there because they're already you know thinking man the system still kind of fits me or you know whatever so do i really need to go somewhere else to really get you know playing time or to kind of fit more into a scheme you know they they have Mm -hmm. kind of that continuity there that they can kind of keep some of their players that are still on the roster but you know i I still feel like this move was more of a move from the heart and not a a thought out move Mm because they they move pretty quickly and they they did what the players wanted which Mm -hmm. never seems to work out when you go get the guy the players want you to get right so I, I i don't know it's i mean he's only been coaching for 10 years he's only been a defensive coordinator for about six of those years mm-hmm. i i think he needed a little more time i i'm rooting for the guy he's the next buckeye i love the guy to death i hope he succeeds right i just think this might be a little too much too soon and, and i kind of marked some big games on his on his you know well obviously he's coaching the bowl game right first um, game next year first game buckeyes, next year baby. At, at columbus so mm-hmm. obviously that's going to be you know kind of a kind of welcome, a litmus lit, welcome to college football yeah, baby. kind of a litmus test there then at game nine they, they they play a clemson team that what finished nine and three this year so <laughs> and and then another big games their last game of the season uh game 12 i think it's the last game. uh let's see uh, well yeah i mean barring any you know whatever but uh usc um you know which has always been a big rivalry notre dame versus usc and brian kelly went eight and three against usc so mm-hmm. again kind of a you know kind of a litmus test there for you know to see if he's going to measure up to and what lincoln, they expect you know, lincoln riley go into usc right. as the new coach there right, so you know right. you get to see are you as good as you know maybe some of the top level other coaches in in the you know in the in the ncaa so right. Uh, All right, so so in the other move, uh, Oklahoma, you know, they lost their Lincoln Riley um, left and 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 went out west, like Colton said, um, and you know OU kind of sat back and didn't make a decision right away, and then wound up getting the uh, Brent Venables, defensive coordinator from Clemson, and uh, yeah, tell me what you guys think of this this hire. This I think is a slam dunk move here. I mean, this guy's been one of the best assistant coaches, defensive coordinators in the game since he started. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been coaching defenses since 1999. He's uh, led his team to, I think, three or four national championships, mm-hmm. multiple conference championships. He, he's done it all. Yep. He, he was ready to take this step to be a head coach. I think he's going to do really well. Yeah. I'm surprised it took this long, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. I think he, you know, has definitely been in the talks or, you know, been in that kind of coaching carousel rumors, you know, over the last several seasons and has turned down, you know, 
several kind of big time, you know, jobs that, that he easily could have could have fit into. But yeah, I, I think this is a big a big knock, you know, knock out of the park for for Oklahoma. I mean, he has ties to the Oklahoma program. Like you said, he was the defensive coordinator there for for some time. So, you know, he already has kind of the Oklahoma ties. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, getting a, an Oklahoma guy, if you if you will. But yeah, he's been the highest paid, you know, assistant coach in, in college football, you know, the last couple of years. And Dabo basically brought him in to solve the SEC problem. Find a way for me to beat Alabama. And, and he came in and did did just that. I right. mean, he he solved the mystery that was the SEC. And, you know, even in this 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 year, uh, Clemson played two different, you know, SEC opponents. Clemson beat both both of them. So um, and, and their defense only gave up three points in those wow. two games. So I think, and this is this spells well for Oklahoma because, as we've mentioned, you know, a couple of times, Oklahoma's getting ready to make that jump to the SEC, mm-hmm. and that could be as early as the twenty twenty three season. So, you know, a couple of years down the road, and they're they're jumping into yeah. the SEC. So, and you know, as as well as this spells for Oklahoma, does this spell doom for Clemson? I mean, right. they had kind of a down year this year. Right, losing this guy is not going to yeah. help because their because de- even though their their team wasn't very good, their defense was still right. very solid. Right, uh, right. So, you know, I, I think that's a testament that's, to that's his coaching point, ability. So, and, well, you know, I think another thing that that he did well went out and got Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator from Ole Miss, mm-hmm. to take over offensive job there, you know, at OU. Um, you know, Ole Miss, 506 yards a game, 36 points this season. So, obviously, Levy, I think, was a good hire. I think I think they'll do well on the recruiting trail with those two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this was a great hire for OU. I mean, when the talk there a couple years ago when Michigan was considering – you know, a change uh, from uh, Harbaugh. This this was my pick that I I didn't want to see Harbaugh go, but if they if he was gone, Venables was my pick to replace Harbaugh in mm-hmm. Michigan. So yeah. uh, you know, I, I think this is I think this is the best move that Oklahoma could have made. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got one more. You know, mm-hmm. one more coaching change there, and yeah, that's yeah. Um, Mario Cristobal again going from. Uh, the Oregon Ducks down to sunny Miami. Um, we'll see if he can, you know, he's got some ties, former player, mm-hmm. two-time champ as a player and an assistant coach in Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, he, when he took over the Oregon Ducks, they were four and eight when he arrived. And, you know, we know what he did up there. Um, I don't know, though. I, I guess I, I'm i a little confused. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, they were, he was, you know, they were trying to work a deal, you know, redo his contract in Oregon and, I can't help but think two crushing defeats at the end of the season by Utah maybe uh, shut those talks down or maybe they weren't as yeah. – Oregon wasn't as fervent about going out and getting him and signing him, you know. You know, so yeah, tell me what you guys think of this hire. I'll tell you, there, there's nothing I like about this move. I don't like how Miami went about it. I don't like how Cristobal went about it. Mm-hmm. Diaz was the only one who sat there just hoping for the best, and he got the raw end of this, raw end of this deal. Yeah, I yeah. mean. I, I don't know. There's just, I mean, Cristobal for his career as a head coach, he's only 62 and 60. Diaz was right there. He's 21 and 15. I, I don't really think it's that much of an upgrade. Right. Yeah. I think uh, for me, I, I'm sitting here thinking, man, what is going on at, at the university of Miami? I mean, th- th- this is a, a head scratcher for me. I mean, Manny Diaz, you know, they were already almost announcing that Cristobal was taking over before Manny Diaz was even technically fired or, you know, not right. with the team. And this went on for several days. Yeah, and, and this was, you know, this was weeks before, you know, I'd been kind of following this, you know, this was weeks before where, you know, kind of the Miami came out and gave kind of the vote of confidence to Manny Diaz mm-hmm. and said, you know, we're going to bring you back for another year, you know, no <laughs> worries, whatever. And then Manny Diaz was out on a recruiting trip, you know, getting ready to try to get, you know, beef up his team for next year and, and finds out, you know, man, I don't have a job anymore. <laughs> and, and they're bringing in some other guy, you know, that I thought was staying in Oregon. And, yeah. and, you know, from what I'm reading on that, you know, on that situation is that, you know, they, you know, Oregon offered that extension, you know, they were hoping that he would sign it, you know, that night didn't have, he didn't, didn't put his name on on paper, didn't put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. And then at, right after that happened, Oregon immediately rescinded the offer. So there was no coming back for, you know, for, for Cristobal at at this point. So I think, you know, for both, both parties, you know, Cristobal and Miami, they're putting their eggs all in one, one basket here, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because obviously, you know, Cristobal's kind of burned his bridges with Oregon, it sounds like. Um, But Miami, 
they pay they're they're going to pay you know crystal ball about eight million dollars a year they paid an eight million dollar buyout to buy out manny diaz plus they're going to pay the nine million dollars it's going to take to buy him out from oregon on top of that so you're you're, you know you're looking at you know 30 million dollars just to get this guy you know, just to get him there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you hope, hope that he, you know, pans yeah, 62 out. 62 and 60. Like right. Yeah. Said. And with a, you know, sub 500, you know, records, what, what are you, what are you getting? I mean, and, and Miami has not been good fellas. Right. I mean, they, they have not been good in the, the past couple of decades. Here. I, I think the only thing he brings to them is he has that. I've been at Miami. I have the love right. for Miami. He'll, right. he'll be able to recruit these mm-hmm. guys to Miami. Yeah. And probably, that's the only upside the, I see here. The, right. You know, the hotbed of college recruiting, the state of Florida. I mean, right. But, but he's, but he's look competing. At the, look with, at the competition that right. they're going up against. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and Florida, you know, brought in Billy Napier, Napier, who's a, you know, a heck of a recruiter himself. Yeah. So, you know, you're competing, you know, against some of the best of the best. So, so, yeah. out, of, so out of all the changes, who do you think's done the best? What team? What college team did the best with their hire out of not only these three guys that we talked about tonight, but overall? Um, I think, you know, one that we mentioned tonight, I think, uh, you know, Brett, Brent Venables going to Oklahoma, I think for me was, was the big one. Uh, I, I agree. And it, you know what? It was the one that was done the most right in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of these other moves were really shady how this all went down. Right. Venables took his time. Oklahoma took their time. It was discussions. People knew about it. Right. It wasn't a back alley deal. This just feels right, and I think he'll do really well. Yeah. Right, let's make it three for three. Yeah. I agree with you guys. I think it's a good hire for for uh, OU, and I think it's a good spot for Brent Venables as well. Right. So Absolutely. All right, very good. Well, let's go over uh, our six games from the conference. Uh, Heisman finalists. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. we got to go over our Heisman finalists real yep. quick. My bad. No problem. Um, we got t- the four hi- – the n- were named this week four finalists for the Heisman Trophy Award. Be awarded Saturday night. Um, you got OSU quarterback C.J. Stroud, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett, and Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson. Tell me, you got? Th- are these the four guys? I mean, are these the four standouts you think in college college football this year? I think three of them are. I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I know you're all going to say it's because I'm a Buckeye and I don't <laughs> like Michigan. But I just I don't feel like Hutchinson's numbers were better than some of these other great defensive players in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't even up for the defensive player of the year award that just went tonight. A guy from uh, Georgia won it, and mm-hmm. he he wasn't even in the running for that award. Right. So how can you not be in the running for defensive player of the year, but as a defensive player, you're in be the on Heisman the Heisman talk, list? It, yeah. it just, it's strange to me. And I think that that's just kind of the strange nature of of this season. I mean, really, we didn't have a true kind of you know number one guy right. until this final week which i think I is exciting yeah. at the same time you mm-hmm. know that we that we did you know it played out that way but yeah i think that's just kind of the nature of the season that 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 there's not you know hasn't been clear-cut favorites or you know a clear-cut favorite um obviously now vegas is giving bryce young the the best odds and by a significant margin um, yeah, and I, I, I think he really pulled away with that, that conference championship game you yeah. know i'm probably gonna catch flack from my fellow michigan fans but i i, I gotta agree with matt um you know we got colton and i are in a in a group text with a bunch of other michigan guys from ohio and and uh you know, I'm probably going to catch heck from them, but they're, I'm afraid they're looking at it through their maize and blue colored glasses. Unfortunately, they can, Oh, he's a lock. He's going to win the Heisman. And I, I, I was the, one of the descending votes. I said, no, I said, I think Bryce Young's got this thing locked up. Right. And that was even before the Alabama, you know, the Alabama Georgia game. And, you know, the performance that he put on in that game just cemented that for me that much more, you know, 421 yards, three touchdowns and a 41 24 win over a Georgia team that was only giving up seven points a game. Right. I mean, to me, that was, that, that was, that was it for me. And I think what pushed, you know, Hutchinson to the, to the forefront was he did have a good game against Ohio state. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of recency bias there. Those, right. those three sacks in that huge game. Right. Yeah, right. Lo- looked great. I mm-hmm. think that pushed him to the forefront and you know, I think he is probably one of the two best defensive players in uh, college football but you know he, he didn't have a great game in the in the big 10 game that uh you know out there against Iowa. he only had one sack against iowa um so i mean his numbers were good 58 tackles 14 sacks and 15 and a half tackles for loss but i think you know looking at the at the quarterback class here you know 17 times since 2000 a quarterback's won it there's only been one other defensive player win the heisman 
ever. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't just defense. He played a lot of offense right. and yeah. special, special teams, teams and, and right. did a lot of other things. So, right. so let's look at some of these other guys' stats. Um, you know, I, I mentioned C.J. Stroud. You know, he's only a freshman kid from – from Ohio State, yeah, and only the only freshman in this group, the only before. freshman in the class, mm, yeah, you know, uh, and he also played two less games than everybody else on this list because he missed one with injury, mm-hmm. and they all they all had a conference championship, yeah, game. right, right, three thousand eight hundred and sixty-two yards, thirty-eight touchdown, five picks, seventy-one percent complete completion ratio, and a hundred and eighty-two uh, QB rating, the yeah. highest his completion ratio and his. Uh, quarterback rating was higher than the other two in the class and highest i believe in all of college football right, so right. um you know kind of remarkable for for a freshman and, and if if by some you know crazy circumstance that he does win this he would become only the third freshman to ever win this win this mm-hmm. award and that uh would be joining company with uh you know johnny menzel and, and Jameis winston so you know would be kind of you know uh cementing his legacy there early on in his career but you know, like we said, I, I don't know that, that he, he did a lot, but I think maybe not having those two games yeah. may hurt him at yep. the same time. I agree. Well, and, you know, he's got another shot at it, too. Oh, yeah. He'll come he, back next yeah, year. Right. I, you know, obviously I expect him to be the starter in Columbus next year. So um, so let's look at our, you know, if, if we're saying Aiden's out and CJ's more than likely out, you know, our, our favorite's Bryce Young, we all think, but – Let's put his numbers against Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. And he's he's the only senior only in senior. this group. So, you know, that's that's you know, we got one one freshman and one one senior, so kind of a, a diverse group too. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it'll be be interesting to to see. Uh, but yeah, you know, came back for his kind of fifth fifth season, you know, whatever, um, and and you know, set the ACC record for touchdown passes with with forty three, um, which, you know, put him ahead of you know, the likes of Jameis Winston and Deshaun Watson. And we know, you know, how successful, you know, college careers they had. And Do you they know, have 43? I have them down for 42. I had 42. 42, 43. I had you know, 43 somewhere. for Bryce Young. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, right around, you know, 40, 40 plus, you know, touchdown yeah. passes. Incredible uh, number. Yeah, Absolutely. incredible. And, and, and you know, led Pittsburgh to an ACC title this mm-hmm. year. You know, mm-hmm. their first, you know, first ever in, in, in school history. So, you know, it, it, he did, you know, a lot of, a lot of good things by, by coming back, back this year, oh, yeah. um, you know, and, but I, I just don't think he's not seeing the tough, you know, competition that I think that Bryce Young, um, you know, w- w- was facing and just, you know, the numbers are, are, are somewhat similar, but I was going to say all that separates these guys is three passing yards and a touchdown. Yeah. But then three you look picks. at, yeah, three picks, but then you look at Pickett though, he's got 210 more rushing yards mm-hmm. and two more touchdowns there so right on the ground right i think i think yeah just the the level of, of competition i right. think is going to be the difference and just the yeah. fact that alabama is the is the number one team in, in the right. country and best player in the show team. that that they put on and that he put on in that sec right. championship because game. you know with, with without him do they do they really have a chance in that sec game? i will say though where, where would bryce young be without the transferring a uh, wide receiver and williams that that came to came to Alabama from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Well, especially now with Mechie getting hurt, you know, in that game against Georgia, that that's yeah, that's that's big. Right. All right. Well, I guess you know we're in consensus on that as well. We think Bryce Young's going to bring home the bring home the hardware on Saturday night. So, all right, our uh, six picks from last week. I think it's the only week the whole year <laughs> all the same. that all, all three of us agreed. We went four and two, which, uh, you know. You don't think uh, football's a game of inches? It we is. were inches away from being five and one. Uh-huh. Uh, if you watch that um, that uh, that um, yeah. that game between Baylor and Oklahoma State, you know it wound up being twenty one sixteen. Oklahoma State got the ball down, and that's where they faltered faltered in that game all day. Was inside the was inside not only the red zone but yeah. inside the five yard line, the goal line situations. Yeah, yeah. yeah just you know and. Uh, you know the the running back he stretched out and lunged for that pylon and it was literally two inches short. Right. Yeah. I think I, I don't think you could have asked for kind of a a better way to to kind of kick off the the kind of conference championship right. games. I mean that was yeah a, a game that it was very hard to watch at times for for both teams because it was oddly coached. Baylor yeah. made some weird coaching decisions. Yeah. They had like fourth and. 
like one or two on From their own 30. 30. And, and they went for it and didn't get it. They, they didn't even have a chance. I mean, yeah. the, guy, the guy threw it out. The quarterback yeah. threw it out of bounds. So, yeah. I mean, it, it was, yeah. Right. That, that, that's one of those plays. And, you know, we listened to kind of some of the post game, and that's one of those plays that it would have been, you know, obviously it's it, it we don't talk about it much now because they won the game. Yeah. But that they lose that game, and, and it yeah. could have been, man, what the what heck was, are you What think, was that bro? coach thinking? Yeah. Right. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, but I think the, the other one that, you know, was – I mean, maybe not intriguing, but just, you know, we, we, we talked about it a little bit, and that was, you know, Utah's dismantling of Oregon yeah. again. Hey, but you know? we were right. We yeah. said it'd be we, closer. Right. Yeah. The it's last time three, they played – Three points it was, closer. Yeah, it was, it was, it was 38 to 7. This, this 38 last time 10. was 38 to 10. So right. We right. didn't get it wrong. That's right. <laughs> I thought – I did think this game would be much closer, yep. but, but whatever the deal is, Utah had Oregon figured out. Yeah, they, they definitely, you know, had their number, and, you know, not, not, not much change. I mean – Different, different week, different atmosphere, different you know place, same outcome. same results. Yeah, so, I'll tell you know. what, the Buckeyes better look out for Utah and the Rose Bowl because <laughs> they can be stop an, that run. That's going to be an interesting game. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, agree. I will say Utah hasn't seen a quarterback and receivers like Ohio no, State. No, no, I agree. I agree. But still, if could we can't be a, run the ball, it's it's going to be. Right. It's gonna be a I, I think game. it's going to be how does the defense handle yeah. Utah? You know, how yeah. does Ohio State's defense handle Utah? I think the offense is always going to kind of be there. It's always going to be you know be there for Ohio State, but it's which defense kind of shows up for for Ohio Absolutely. State in that yep, one. Yep. And then uh in the ACC you had Pittsburgh with a big win over Wake Forest. Uh we we picked this one as well, 45-21. Um that was a game I was slipping back and forth between games on that one there. Um mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was closer I think than that 45-21 score really. But uh you know, it was a game with the the all three of us got right. And, and I'll tell you, that game brought up what may be a new rule coming after this season. Uh, Kenny Pickett went in for a, a fake quarterback slide, yeah. didn't slide, ran in for a touchdown. Right. And the defenses are screaming their heads off because if anybody hits them in that fake slide, I'm <laughs> I mean, sure they're you, getting a huge penalty. What, what do you do? I mean, yeah. you're, 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 it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they how they handle that because I think, yeah, he, no matter what, the rule's not going to be good either way because I don't think things- I don't think they'll change the rule yeah um I, I think if he goes for a fake slide I think if they're even in the motion I think they got to call it because yeah. if, if you're really trying to protect the quarterback you can't have a quarterback you can't let him have fakes. it both ways yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. It, it's definitely gonna be interesting but you know we, we we obviously picked this game right and I think yeah. for me my big thing was Pittsburgh's defense was a little bit better mm-hmm. than, than Wake Forest mm-hmm. and that for me was the difference in this in this four game. interceptions right they, they Pittsburgh's defense Gave up touchdowns on Wake Forest's first three possessions that they had. The next 13 drives, not a single point given yeah. up. And, and yeah. you know, like we said, four interceptions, one interception for a touchdown, five sacks. I mean, yeah. the difference, yeah, was, was, was the, the defense. defense. Yeah. They, they set their offense up for success and, uh, you know, no, not taking away from Kenny Pickett and his effort, but the defense was was the difference in this in this title game. Well, so. and I kind of feel the same way about our next game, that Cincinnati-Houston game. Mm-hmm. You know, it was close. Houston scored, I think, on their first three drives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cincinnati didn't – but Cincinnati <laughs> did as well. I mean, it was kind of – they were going back and forth. And I think they were switching field goals for touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was kind of a track meet there in the beginning. They yeah, I thought both, this was going to be a shootout. I mean, right. the first and quarter. And then all of a sudden, Cincinnati's defense got it right. And, you know, in this game – wound up being, you know, it was close in the first half and then wound up not being yeah. – Since the boys had eight sacks for the night, that, right, that's a right. heck of a day. The, yeah. the difference was the third quarter. Cincinnati outscored Houston 21 to nothing in the third mm-hmm. in the third quarter. So, right yeah. after halftime, I mean, they made some adjustments. The defense, you know, helped them out, and they got some some quick scores there. And, you know, before you know it, Houston was, was you know, looking at an uphill, uphill battle. So yeah. – yeah, and then you know, a game the other game that we didn't get right, Alabama versus Georgia. Um, you know, I'm a little surprised that it was this. I I, I really I, I felt like I made the wrong pick when I did make it, but um, I thought it would obviously be a lot closer game than this. To me, this was a 41-24 game that really didn't even seem that close to me. So, yeah. you know, I, I know George's coach has won a lot of football games there, but, man, does he struggle in the big ones. I, yeah. I don't, and especially should they be Alabama. looking to make a move? At Alabama. You know? I mean, he's it, – we, we, you know, Dad and I kind of talked about it and, and, and said that, you know, George's kind of what Michigan was in is, is, is kind of this mental funk of mm-hmm. getting over the hump of beating Alabama. I, I think it's more of a, of a mental thing at, at this point mm-hmm. of, like – they they've been you know so close and they they they've had the talent. I, I think you can say 
that they felt going into this game they had the better the better right. team. I mean, they that you know no hands hands down you know no two ways about it. Mm-hmm. So then you know you got to look at it. Well, if, if, if we got the talent, then what what what's, what's the problem? Oh, yeah, what's the problem? I think for them, I think it's kind of that mental block of like if they can just get over the hump and, and just, you know, beat them one time, it right. may spur them to be, you know, to, to, you know, kind of block out over. that, that it's been those, their only Achilles heel. Right. And, 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 and only Achilles heel for even Kirby smart himself. Right. I mean, yeah. he's been a fantastic coach at Georgia, right. but has not been able to beat Alabama, Alabama. or coach, you know, Nick yeah. Saban. So. Right. Right. And then the last game of the big 10 championship game, Michigan over Iowa, 42 to three. Like I said, Colton and I actually attended this game out at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Um, what an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, they set a record for attendance mm-hmm. at Lucas Oil. The only other the only other game that had more people was a Super Bowl game, and I'm not sure what year they said that was. Yeah, but, I don't uh, remember what year. But... Over, over 70,000 people, um, and yeah. the place was rocking. Yeah. It was probably two to one Michigan fans versus Iowa fans, I would say, at least two to one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the spread kept going up. Started at 10, I think, mm-hmm. went to 10 and a half, wound up at 12 and a half right before game time. And – I don't know. Just the feeling was I didn't think it was even going to be that close. And I was right. I didn't think it was going to be 42 to three, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, Michigan pulled out all the stops, a couple mm-hmm. trick plays in there. Right. And the defense was just absolutely. Phenomenal. was on was on top of their game. Yeah. I think, you know, I think Iowa came into this game knowing that they were kind of outmatched. They, they, they knew that their defense could maybe keep them close for a little while, but they knew their offense wasn't going to, I mean, their defense was going to have to try to set their offense up for, you know, for success. And yeah. that, you know, just didn't, didn't happen. I mean, right. Michigan, you know, their offense may not be great, but they, they do one thing, you know, very well. And that's, that's take care of the ball. They don't, they don't, you know, force a lot of, you know, stupid mistakes and turnovers and things like that. And so, you know, Iowa's defense just didn't get the opportunities to, to make, mm-hmm. you know, give their, give their offense, you know, opportunities. So, you know, yeah, an overall, you know, great, great performance on both sides of the ball for Michigan. Um, you know, and, and, and just a kind of a dominating performance. So. It must have been a huge second. I, I admit, I didn't watch the second half. I went to bed, but it must have been a huge second half, though, because it, it, it looked like it was semi-close there at halftime. Yeah. And Michigan actually looked like they, they struggled a little bit in the first quarter. In the yeah. second quarter, they did seem to really get things right. going. You know, and, and, and the, the big thing for, you know, for us, and, you know, talking about that, Matt, you know, and Dad and I said it at halftime, you know, let's go. You know, Iowa got the ball after half. Mm-hmm. What we need, three and out. And then the next drive, Michigan get a nice, you know, long drive and, right. and punch it in for seven. And that's exactly, and that's what, exactly happened. what happened. And that I mean, was the that was to me, and that was kind of the gut yeah, punch, yeah. you know. It was to fourteen Iowa. to three at halftime, and yeah. then you know we come out and make it then twenty one to three after our first drive, and then you know I think even then our next drive after that we got another touchdown, so now right. we're up twenty eight to three, and the game was out of reach. And and at some at point, point, you know, some point in between there, you know, Iowa had a nice had a brought in a you know their backup QB had a nice long drive, mm-hmm. marched it all the way down inside the red zone, and then you know fourth down they they don't even get a first down, they don't even you know they don't get, they get right. zero points, yeah. so that was you know kind of the difference for for me. You know, another, I think they realized the field goal was useless at that right. point, so they had yeah. to go for it, but it wasn't even a good good attempt. Michigan yeah, shut it down. And, right, and I think that was just another kind of nail in, in kind of the moral, you know, morale right. of, of of Iowa that right, you know they right. you know just wasn't going to happen for them. And, and now you th- you think Michigan really thought they they had to pour it on because they might have wanted to go after that number one overall seed. You I know, think it gives them you know obviously gave them a chance. You yeah. know you you, you want to set yourself up to give yourself a chance, so you know you don't right. you know. It, and they did everything they could. I right, mean, right. And actually, the fellow that set Colton obviously was on one side of me, but the guy on the other side was an Iowa fan. And uh, he even said before the game, he said, well, when you guys beat us, do you go to number one? Which I thought was kind of an odd comment. But um, he, was, he was pretty cool. We, we had a good time talking. I, to I think even other. Iowa knew they didn't have the offense to be able to do right, it. Right. So, you know, and that was a big question. So that leads us into our last topic of the night, I think. Um, you know, we, we got the, the, the rankings came out then after uh, championship weekend. And they put Alabama at the number one spot, Michigan State at number two. Michigan, not Michigan State. Or, oh, yeah, <laughs> come God. on, Rob. Oh, That's God. your boys. Mich- yeah. Michigan stayed. I mean, Michigan <laughs> yeah. stayed at number two. Yeah. Um, Georgia flipped to to three, and Cincinnati stayed at four. So, um, you know, and then you know, kind of a, I don't know. I think OSU probably to me should have been five. Doesn't really make any difference, mm-hmm. but uh, they put Notre Dame at five, OSU at six, but. 
um, you know, d- did the committee get the get the top four right? What do you guys think? So, I, I think they got the top four right. I think they got the games they're playing right. I think the order's wrong. Mm-hmm. I think it should have been Michigan one, mm-hmm. Bama should have been two, okay. Cincinnati should have been three, Georgia should have been four. Okay. Yeah. Because you know what? They've penalized all these other teams all year long that when, I mean, Ohio State loses to Michigan, they drop from two to seven. Yeah. So, I I mean, I I think Georgia should have fell a little more. I just, if you're going to penalize these other teams for making the falls, for playing, playing tough, tough opponents. Yeah. Then you need to penalize Georgia just the same. Which, like you said, would have still been the same matchup. Would have been. Would have been Michigan, you know, one and Georgia at four, the same matchup. Right. Two and three, they're, they're still playing each other. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess I think they got the top four teams right. The order, maybe. I'm not surprised that Am- that Alabama went yeah. to one. I guess to me, the only question was was Cincinnati and Georgia. Um, so I, I think I think Georgia should have went to four. But I think they say it had nothing to do with it. But I don't think the committee wanted to see a rematch in the first round. And I, I think that had a lot. To I do think with that it. played into it. I don't think they wanted to see a Alabama Georgia rematch if they'd have finished one and four um they or, say, or two and three or you know or whatever. two and three yeah. so this was a way they could split it up you know michigan didn't get slighted they were at two they didn't drop anywhere right um so but, I, but I, you know if you ask me I, I think michigan towards the end of this season played better football week in and week out than alabama did mm-hmm. alabama played some stinker games yeah coming in, coming in. Coming in. this right. alabama team to me though they seem to me they're almost so freaking good Mm-hmm. That they can they turn it on, yeah, they right. can turn it on and off right. whenever they feel like mm-hmm. it, you know. And I, yeah, that could get you in trouble, but it didn't this year, you know. Other than their one misstep, you know, earlier in the season. Uh, I mean, they, even though the te- the games they played bad, they still win. Right. So, well, you I, know, I, I hope they think they can turn it off against Cincinnati because I'll tell you what, this Cincinnati is a better ball club than I think a lot of people think a non-power five ball club is. Yeah. That's a very good defense Cincinnati has. Yeah. And I think they can be competitive. They, I don't know if they'll win. I think they can be competitive. Though. Yeah. And some yeah. top-level guys there at Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. It's not just, you know, Luke Fickle recruiting, you know, just what he can find. It's right. just, I mean, he's, top, he's recruiting some of the top-level talent, you know, mm-hmm. not only in the state of Ohio, but, you know, nationwide. So, I think – you know, they, they got some players on there that are that are going to be playing on, on Sundays. And, you know, I, I think Ohio State going nationwide and pulling guys out of Florida and everything has really helped Cincinnati. Sure. Because mm-hmm. they're getting a lot of these Ohio guys that probably in the past when Cooper and Trestle were there. Right. Would have been, been going to Ohio guys. State. Yeah, yeah. Locks for and, Ohio but, State. But Urban really brought in the, the national recruiting mm-hmm. where we're getting the Florida guys, the California guys, the Texas guys. Right. And I, I think that's been huge for Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, before we get out of here, Colton's got an announcement about a contest we got coming up, and then uh, then we're going to come back at you next week on Wednesday. But before we go, let we'll, Colton fill you in on what we got going on here. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, with with all these bowl games coming up, um, you know, the the first one starts you know a week from tomorrow, uh, so the seventeenth of, of December, we got you know bowl season kicking off, which is you know pretty exciting times. I mean, it, it seems like there's you know, during a week or, you know, sometimes even during the day, you got three, four different bowl matchups. So, you know, kind of, kind of, I guess, college football's, you know, March madness, I guess, if you will, um, to, to their season. But, you know, so we're, we're going to host um, kind of a, a, a pool or, you know, a kind of a pick, uh, pick them for all the bowl games in, um, you know, hosted on, on ESPN on their kind of uh, college, um, I think it's called bowl mania or, you know, something along those lines, but we're going to have, uh, you know, our own kind of pool. So if you, you know, want to join in, um, you know, on that um, there's, we'll, we'll put the link up on our, our social media, but you know, if you search for our, our group name is just uh, fired up. Uh, I think fired up podcast is the name of, of the group. So if you, you know, go on there and, you know, create your entry, um, you know, only one entry per, you know, per person, um, search for for our group uh, fired up podcast to get you know kind of joined in there so we can kind of keep track of of how well you know everybody does um you know we'll we'll put you know our entries in there to see how you stack up against the experts per se um and and then you know we'll we're actually going to give away whoever comes in in, in first place you know uh, only first place is taking home a prize here um so we'll give away some some kind of prize uh, for the person that that comes out on top with the with the most uh you know most picks right and, and if it's one of us whoever comes out on top that's not one of, right, one of us right right um so and and just the way it works is you know you get a point for each bowl game that you get correct so no you know kind of no specialty you know kind of things just you know each straight bowl up game, pick them yep straight up pick them each bowl game you get right one point and so 
you know, it, it, to maximize your opportunities or, you know, maximize your points, you want to obviously get those picks in as, as soon as you can, you know, with the, with the first game. So, um, and then you can change, you know, kind of the picks throughout before, before the game starts and things like that. So, um, you know, we hope, we hope you guys, you know, join in and, and, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, hope, hope you're the best on, on, on your picks. So, um, you know, we appreciate you if you, if you join in and, um, you know, dad sign, sign us off here. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight and Colton lets you know where you can hear the, the, you know, past episodes and tonight's episode again. And, uh, We'll, we'll see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we appreciate you guys for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cal, Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. Um, you know, we hope you enjoyed our show show this week. And, you know, like Dad mentioned, um, you know, we're we're on social media. Um, so if you want to hear, you know, topics for future episodes or, you know, you got a burning sports question that, you know, you want to hear, you know, us kind of debate it out here, um, you know, feel free to hit us up on, on Instagram. Um, you know, we are on Instagram. Our handle is fired up underscore podcast. So, you know, search for us there or you can find us over on Facebook, too. If you search for fired up comma sports podcast, you can find our, you know, find our page there and, you know, find out information about the show. Um, you know, next next week, we're going to come to you on, on Wednesday, you know, same same time, you know, 715. Um, but yeah, Wednesday, we're, we're switching back to our Wednesday slot for, for next week. But um, you can also head over to our website, which is um fireduponepodbean.com um, where you can find, you know, our old episodes and, you know, kind of links and stuff to, to information about the show. So we appreciate you guys, you guys listening. And um, as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.